0: Psalm 46, which is on page 471 in your Bible, and let me say congratulations to the Stones on a new baby boy, and uh, thank you, Reverend Stone, members of the session, and members of the church for this great privilege and opportunity to teach and preach God's Word from the pulpit this morning. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The grass withers, the flowers fail. The word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light for our path. Inerrant, infallible, authoritative and true. We thank you for it. We pray now your blessing upon the reading, the teaching and the preaching of your most holy word. Father, that you would be the preacher and the teacher speaking through your servant unto your servants. Open our eyes, open our hearts, open our minds, open our entire persons under the message. You would have us to hear, understand and apply. We pray, Father, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus name, amen. This morning. I've come to remind you that God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Don't forget those truths. President Ronald Reagan once said, if we ever forget we're one nation under God, we're a nation gone under. We run to our own refuges that we make. We run to our own strengths. We run to our own helps. And we forget Psalm 121, verses 1-2. through I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from God. God will be your refuge. God will be your strength. God will be your ever-present, always-present help in times of trouble. Don't forget, Psalm 46 is a song of Zion which celebrates God's power to protect and preserve you no matter what you're going through, no matter what type of storm you are going through, for we all go through storms in life, you, me. We go through emotional storms and we can't quit crying or we can't snap out of that depression. Or we go through psychological storms and we can't quit obsessing and consuming over particular problems. Or we go through physical storms and we have back pains and diseases and ailments. We go through occupational storms and we wonder, how am I going to make it one more day on the job? Or we go through financial storms and we wonder, how am I going to make the budget, to the end of the month. We go through academical storms and we wonder how we're going to graduate geometry. We go through relational storms with our friends and with family members and with other loved ones. We go through spiritual storms and we wonder if we truly believe. That's what verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 46 Represent the mountains moving into the heart of the sea, the waters roaring, the mountains trembling. Verses two and three represent the chaos, the trials, the tribulations, the fears, the foes, the failures, the frustrations, the storms in our lives. But you're not without help. You're not without hope. You don't have to fear. Because verse 1, God says, I will be your refuge in the storm. I will be your strength. I will be an always present help when you're going through the storm in life. Where there's no hope, God gives hope. Where there's no way, God will make a way for those who love Him and call on His name. Psalm 18.3 I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Psalm 46 is the Psalm of Hope. Notice verse, verses 1, 7, and 11. God is our strength, our refuge. And an ever present help in times of trouble. The Lord Almighty or the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is our refuge. The Hebrew word here is used of a place of finding relief from the winds and the rains and the storms of life. It's a Hebrew word which connotes safety, security, stability, sanctuary. What storm are you facing? The three little pigs were chased by the big bad wolf. They ran into a house made of straw. The big bad wolf huffed and puffed and blew it down. The three little pigs ran into a house made of sticks. The big bad wolf huffed and puffed and he blew it down. The three little pigs ran into a brick house. And the big bad wolf huffed and he puffed and he couldn't blow the brick house down. Listen, brothers and sisters of year. Anything today from the message, listen carefully. God is a brick house. And not even the big bad wolf, Satan himself, can blow him down. Run into that brick house. God is also a fortress. A mighty fortress is our God. Verses 7 and 11, this Hebrew word connotes a high place. Thus, security. A place so high, the arrows of our enemies can't reach us. Proverbs 18.10 Proverbs The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. Run into that fortress. Run into that high tower when you're facing the storm and the trials of life. God is also our strength. Verse 1, it causes to me to remember Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through God who gives me what? Strength. As I said a few weeks ago when I was preaching Psalm 103, remember Popeye facing the storm, facing trials. You think Popeye has met his end and all of a sudden, ah, me spinach and he eats his spinach and it makes him strong and he defeats the enemy. God is your spinach. Or Pac-Man on a on a Pac-Man video game being chased by ghosts in front and behind, below and above. Pac-Man frantically running all over the board. He comes across this power pill that makes Pac-Man larger and faster and stronger. And no longer are the ghosts chasing Pac-Man. That Pac-Man is chasing the coast. Pac-Man is chasing the storms in his life. God is your Pac-Man power pill. Don't forget that truth. I think of... Philippians chapter 4. Pray. With thanksgiving, God will give you strength. He'll be your strength. God is also an ever-present help in times of trouble. Verse 1. What type of help is God when you're in trouble, when you're facing the storm? What type of help? ever Present, always present, nowhere that you can be that God isn't. Matthew twenty eight, Jesus says, Yea, I'm with you always under the ends of this earth. Hebrews chapter thirteen, five. Never will I leave you, says God. Never will I forsake you. Philippians chapter four verse five. The Lord is near. Psalm twenty three. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of the storm, I will be with you. God is always present. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Psalm 46, verse 7, God is with us. All you have to do is call out His name. He'll be there faster than Superman. He's always present. God is also the Lord Almighty. Verses 7 and 11 in the ESV. It says Lord of hosts in verses 7 and and eleven, some translations, the NIV, the Lord Almighty. The Hebrew word here, which you saying in a mighty fortress is our God, is sabat. It means armies, host. And so some translations, like the ESV, says Lord of Hosts. It means Almighty, Omnipotent, All Powerful. The theological word book of the Old Testament says this Hebrew word, Sabaoth, this title, Lord of Hosts, Lord Almighty, refers to Yahweh's rulership over the entire universe. He's the King of Glory. So Martin Luther writes in his great hymn, Lord Sabaoth," his name, meaning Lord of Hosts, Lord of Might, Lord Almighty. Lord of the armies. Not Lord of the Sabbath of Sunday, but Sabaoth, meaning all-powerful, is His name. God is also omni-loving. Always loving and omni-faithful. Always faithful. Notice in verses 7 and 11, the psalmist refers to God as the God of Jacob. When you see in the Old Testament, this title, God of Jacob, the writer is calling God's people to remember the covenant. In Genesis chapter 15, God makes a covenant. The word covenant means contract, agreement. God makes a covenant with his people. He says, I will be your God. You will be my people. There are blessings for obedience. There are curses for disobedience. And he had Abraham, Abram, get these animals and slaughtered them in two. And towards sunset, he caused Abram to fall into a deep sleep and a blazing torch and a smoking firepot went in between the slaughtered pieces. The meaning? The firepot and the smoking torch represent God. and What God is telling Abram and us is, may it happen to me, may I be slaughtered if I am not faithful to the covenant. If I break my word... Lamentations chapter 3 says, great is God's faithfulness. His mercies new every morning. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. He's always loving. He's always faithful. He's not giving up on you. He's standing by your side when everyone else has deserted you. He's going to be your refuge. He's going to be your strength. He's going to be your ever-present help. And He's going to be your ever-loving, ever-faithful friend. Don't forget those truths when you're going through the storm of verse 2, the earth giving way, the mountains falling into the heart of the sea. You don't have to fear if you're going to make it. Why? Because God will preserve you. I've been through storms in this last year where I couldn't see past the next day. I couldn't see past the next hour. We all have. We've walked through valleys so dark we can't see our hands in front of our faces. We've gone over mountains so high, the the height of Mount Everest, where we wonder if we're ever going to reach the top. But God preserved me. Some of you are wondering today, how am I going to make it in this storm? Guess what? Psalm 46 says God will preserve you. He's going to be your refuge. He's going to be your strength. He's going to be your ever-present help. Don't forget. He's always ready, always faithful to the covenant. Look at verse 6. The nations rage. Don't they ever. Afghanistan. Iraq, all around the world, nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God lifts His voice and the earth melts. All the enemies of God, the three great enemies to God, number one answer for plain family feud, Satan, the evil one, the big bad wolf. Number two, the world. If you're a Star Wars fan, the world is the dark side of the force. The world is that power which is within creation that stands in opposition to God. You have light, you have darkness, the world is darkness. And then the flesh, that struggle within you to sin. Satan, the world, and the flesh, all the enemies of God, are against Him and His church. And God lifts His voice. And what are the words of God's voice? His words of His voice are the words of His promise. I am their guardian. I am their defender. War with my people is war with me. And we find that our enemies melt. And yet we can become indifferent to the power of God in our lives, can't we? We simply don't take into account his protection and his preservation as we ought. We forget. The Expositor's of his Bible commentary says there's scarcely one in a hundred who acknowledges that he or she has abundant help in God. It's true. We forget. And so verse 8 calls us to remember all that God has done in our lives as well as others' lives, past and present as well as future. Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord. Look across the horizon and see what I have done. How I have been faithful to protect you and preserve you. Come, behold the works of the Lord. Remember how He has brought desolation on the earth when you were facing the enemy. Verse 8 calls us to remember all that Lord Sabaoth Almighty of hosts has done in our lives. You remember how, in the chaos of your lives and the storms and the valleys, and as you've crossed the mountains in your life's journey, how God has been faithful to preserve you and to protect you when you thought you just weren't going to make it. And He promises to do so even when you're going through the emotional, psychological, relational, occupational, financial, physical, and spiritual storms that you will face in the future. Verse 9 indicates that God brings peace. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariot with fire. All the instruments of war which cause chaos in your life around you, He can destroy with a thought. He can bring peace. John 14, Jesus says, Peace I give you. My peace I leave you with you. The consummation of this universal peace is yet to come in heaven, but even still, on this side of heaven, we can experience God's peace when going through the Hurricane Katrina's in our lives. Philippians chapter 4 says rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice verse 4 why verse 5 the Lord is near verse 6 and all in all your anxiety and trials and tribulations and storms pray without ceasing with thanksgiving why with thanksgiving because God hears your prayers and because God answers your prayers And the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will protect your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your hearts, in other words, your emotions when you think you're just ready to lose it. And your minds, when you can't quit obsessing and consuming over your particular problems, God speaks peace. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7. But then later in this great chapter, Philippians 4, it says, think about that which is noble and true and excellent and godly and the God of peace. We'll be with you. Philippians chapter 4 offers the peace of God and the God of peace. You can have peace when you're going through the storm. Don't forget, He can burn the shield. He can shatter the spear. God is the eye of the hurricane in your life. Quit running to your other refuges. Quit running to your other strengths. Quit running to your other sources of help and run to God. He'll preserve you. And so, verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. This verb be still, according to the Expositors Bible commentary, calls the godly to stop doing one thing in favor of doing another. What is it that we're to stop doing implied from verse two? We're to stop fearing. We're to stop fearing. All too often we're like mice when the lights are turned on in the middle of the night, scurrying and frantically racing all around the room. Trials come our way, we're overwhelmed. But it's times of trials that were provided the best opportunity to know God. C. Everett Koop, who was a former U.S. Surgeon General, wrote in Leadership Journal 1994 We grow and mature spiritually through adversity, not when everything is going smoothly. It's in a time of adversity and trial and trouble and storm that the Christian has the opportunity to know God in a special and personal way. Verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. This Hebrew word for know is Yada. Y A D A. It means more than head knowledge, more than cognitive knowledge. It means relationship. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, we read Adam knew Eve. Adam, Yada, Eve. It means more than Adam had cognitive knowledge or had understanding of who Eve was. It means he had relationship with her. Yada means relationship. All too often, we're quick to run to other sources for help. If I only know karate or boxing, I'll be protected. If I only know the stock market and make enough money, I'll be protected. If I only know the right people, I'll be protected. And so kids and adults join gangs and organizations in which they feel safe, secure, and protected. God says, be still and know Me, Yahweh, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Lord Sabaoth Almighty, the faithful God of Jacob of the Covenant, I will be your gain. I will protect you. I will preserve you. I will be your refuge and your fortress in the storm. Know that I am the one and the only one who is exalted over the nations. I will be your ever-present help. And so I ask you, do you know God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? Not do you know God with your head, but do you yadah God? Do you have a relationship with God? Jesus Christ is the door into the refuge. Jesus Christ is the door into that high tower, into the fortress. Have you invited Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? You young ones here don't have to wait until you're a sophomore at Mississippi State University to invite Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. If you've never done so, if you're unsure, please talk to the pastor, talk to me, talk to to Andy, or find a brother or sister in Christ and make sure that you are inside the fortress, that you are inside the refuge. Psalm 46 is a song of Zion. It's what it's called, a song of Zion. Zion. Z-I-O-N, refers to the mountain upon which Jerusalem sits. If you ever see that word Zion, you're talking about the mountain underneath Jerusalem. Okay, And in Jerusalem is a temple, and in the temple is the Holy of Holies, and in the Holy of Holies is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant represents God's presence. God dwells with His people. Verse 4, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. That river is symbolic of God's presence. In the Garden of Eden, we saw a river. In the New Jerusalem of Revelation 22, you see a river. Where there is a river of God's blessing, there is presence. And where there is presence, there is protection. And there is preservation. There is strength. Jesus says in John chapter 4 that if you know Him, Yadah Him, if you invite Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, that He will cause streams of living water to flow from within you. John chapter 4. And so we sing that song, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk, and the blind to see. Opens prison doors. Sets the captives of sin and the captains of Satan free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. That river is God. That river is Christ. And you are the city of God. And God dwells in the midst of you, within you, when you invite God to live, to dwell within you. And so I ask you, have you invited God to dwell, to be that river of life within you? And when God is within you, you won't fall. Verse 5. God is within her, she will not fall. Verse 5. You may weeble, you may wobble, but you won't fall down. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 16. 1 Corinthians 3:16. Don't you know that you are God's temple? That God dwells inside of you. Did you see that movie, Titanic? Right? National Geographic, December 1996. It was found on the ocean floor, some 13,000 feet down, just lying there, surrounded by the twisted girders and the rusted remains of the long gloss Titanic, a bottle. Certainly more fragile than the remains of this large ship, yet the bottle was wholly undisturbed by some 6,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. How did it retain its shape and manage to endure the seemingly unbearable stress of its surroundings? The uncorked bottle escaped shattering, perhaps because of the counteracting presence of liquid inside, so say scientists. Listen, brothers and sisters, when you're going through the storm, when you think you're just ready to burst, When you feel like you're going through 6,000 pounds per square inch of pressure, which is a lot of pressure, God says, I will be that counteracting presence of liquid inside of you. When I am within you, you won't fall down. I'll be your refuge, a brick house. I'll be your strength, your spinach, your Pac-Man power pill. I'll be faithful to the covenant. I'll bring peace. I'll be that counteracting presence of liquid inside dwelling inside of you so that you don't fall down. But sometimes we do. Stay with me. Sometimes we do fall down. And I want to encourage you when, you, when you've fallen down in life, when you feel like giving up on God, don't. You're still important. You still matter to God. He loves you. He forgives you. God still has something for you to do. You can still make a tremendous difference for God and others. Maybe instead of rolling our eyes at our brothers and sisters who have fallen along the way on God's uh, track, maybe instead of throwing stones or gossiping or slandering or backstabbing, maybe we could come up alongside our brother and sister and lend a helping hand. Maybe you could be God's ever-present helping hand to another brother or sister in Christ who has fallen during this spiritual faith-life race up to heaven's gates. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, life's most important question is this, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? The older I get and the more gray hair I see in the mirror, the more... Wisdom, I find in those words. Life's most important question is this What are you doing for others? We need to stop acting like contestants of CBS Survivor, Survival of the Fittest, and start acting like a team. T E A M. Together, everyone achieves more. But you say there are too many who have fallen down, Chaplain. I said, There's too many. Who stumbled? I can't make a difference in so many who have stumbled in their faith journey. A small boy was walking along the beach. At low tide, where countless starfish had been washed up on the beach, were stranded and doomed to perish. A man watched as the boy picked up an individual starfish and took it back into the water. "I I can see that you're being very kind," said the old man. "But there must be thousands of starfish. It possibly can't make any difference returning from the water's edge the boy said it will for that one it will for that one durando Pietri, having just arrived from italy was an Italian marathon runner in the 1908 marathon, the Olympics. He fell five times before an Italian official helped him cross the finish line. Derek Redman of Great Britain, 1992 Olympics, 400 meters, uh, with a torn hamstring hobbling near the halfway point, finishes the race with the aid of his father who rushed from the grandstands up alongside his boy and helped him cross the finish line. Maybe you could be like that Italian official. Maybe you could be like Derek Redmond's father and come up alongside your brother or sister in Christ and help him or her cross the finish line. That's what brothers and sisters in Christ do. And I want to point out one more thing about Psalm 46 from verse 5. God will help you at the break of day. The ESV says God will help her when morning dawns. When the enemy is most likely to launch an attack against the city, against you, when morning is dawning, God says, I am ready. Verse 5 tells us how ready God is to protect you and preserve you. So you young ones here who are in high school, in times of adversity, in times of trouble, in times of the storms in your life, you say no to alcohol. You say no to drugs. You say no to pornography. You say no to sex outside of marriage. You say no to psychics. You say no to evil. You say no to gangs. And you say yes to Christ. Christ will be your refuge. Christ will be your strength. Christ will be your ever-present, always-present help in times of trouble and the storm. I'll close with this. Psalm 46 was Martin Luther's favorite psalm. Martin Luther was a priest in the 1500s who wanted to bring about reform. The church didn't want to listen to Martin Luther. Some of you may have seen that movie. The church called Martin Luther a heretic. In 1521, the church invited Martin Luther to a meeting called the Diet of Worms, spelt Worms where he was to recant his beliefs at the risk of death. He was promised safe passage to and, and back by Charles V, who was the king of Spain and the emperor of Germany. And yet, despite ambush, persecution, and even death, Martin Luther said he would go to Worms in spite of all the demons in the gates of hell. And along the way, with each step of his horse's hooves, with each bead of sweat that would fall at each nervous twitch or jerk at the sound of a branch breaking within the thick forest. Martin Luther penned these words, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing our Helper. He amidst the flood of mortal ills prevailing, based on his reading of Psalm 46. And when threatened with troubles... When threatened with troubles, Martin Luther was wont to say, come, let us sing this 46th Psalm. God is your refuge. God is your strength. God is your ever, always present help in the midst of the storms of life. Remember. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, thank You for this great Scripture Passage and promise. Help us to remember. Help us to hide within the refuge. Help us to hide within the fortress. Help us to find our strength in You. And help us to acknowledge You are ever-present and You are always faithful and loving and willing to help. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.